Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we continue to journey to the places of the passion, we are mindful that this journey takes us ultimately to the foot of a cross in a tomb where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified and, and was buried. Lord, that's, that's what you sent him to do and we sometimes forget that. We sometimes take it for granted. And we forget that this is the, the pearl of great price, the treasure beyond all treasures, the gift of God's incredible love for us. Lord, help us to examine our hearts and our lives in light of your word through this Lenten season. Help us to slow down and to take the time to listen to your voice and to heed your call for how you would have us to live and to serve you in this world until that time when you call us to life everlasting. Be with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Like Jesus had a base of operations when he was in Galilee, that is the, the house of, of Simon Peter in Capernaum, he likewise had what we might call a base of operations when he was in the region of Jerusalem. And that was the house of Lazarus. Lazarus, as we know, had two sisters, Martha and Mary. It's from Bethany that Jesus starts out on, on that journey into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It's at Bethany where Jesus goes to bring comfort to Mary and Martha at the death of their brother Lazarus and to raise Lazarus from the dead. It is at the house of Lazarus that Jesus is teaching and Martha is busy doing all of the preparations because the master is in her home and Mary is shirking her duty and sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. And Martha, in her indignance, goes to Jesus and says, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen that which is more beneficial. It's a special place, this Bethany. 
Our text this evening from the gospel tells us that Jesus, however, was not in the house of Lazarus, but rather in the house of Simon the leper. And again, there's a lot of speculation as to what does this mean? Is this a, a leper that Jesus had previously healed and has now been declared clean? And so it's safe to no longer have to social distance? It was supposed to be a little funny. <laughs> you think about it. The leprosy of that time is kind of like COVID of this time, isn't it? There's been speculation as to whether or not this house is the house of Simon the leper who might have been the one leper who came back to Jesus to give thanks when the ten were healed. We don't know. That is pure speculation. But here he is in this house. And the text tells us that a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment. And she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. This most likely was a perfume or an ointment called nard. Comes from India. And it was known for being transported and stored in alabaster flasks carved out of a solid piece of stone and they were sealed in such a way that the only way to use it was to break the neck of the stone jar which meant that it could not be forged or stolen but rather it needed to be used expensive which is why some people argue about well was this Mary Magdalene or was it Mary the sister of Martha and most scholars lean towards Mary the sister of Martha because Lazarus was wealthy and would have had the money to buy this is Mary being the somewhat insensitive younger sister did she borrow her older sister's perfume we don't know but she takes something very expensive and she she willingly pours it out upon our lord and savior and washes him with it the disciples see this happening and they were indignant, saying, why this waste? This could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. There's always that struggle, is there not? As to how much we should give to God and how much we should save for ourselves or perhaps others. Our Old Testament lesson is rather curious because it has um, Moses, if you will, out there. 
and, and they are proclaiming all of the craftsmen, if you will, are putting all of this skill to use because they're building the sanctuary. Now, remember in the time of Moses, the materials they're using to build the sanctuary are rather interesting because, you see, the sanctuary has to be able to be portable. They have to take it down and move along to the next place we're going to camp and then put it up again. And it's no small task to design, to engineer, and to build this in a way that it can be transported. And the word has gone out as to what they're doing for the work of the sanctuary, and people keep bringing in all sorts of offerings to this sanctuary, to the work of it, to the point when the craftsmen go, whoa, 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 we got more than enough. So Moses gave this command, and the word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for contribution to the sanctuary. Can you imagine a preacher standing up on Monday morning and said, you know, we got more than enough. You can all stop giving now. I can tell you in my plus years of being in ministry that I have read um, probably tens of thousands of sermons by different individuals throughout history. I have never seen one that says, stop giving, folks, we got more than enough. And yet that's what was going on with Moses. And that's what was going on with with Mary, giving the abundance, pouring it out upon Jesus. Because Jesus, in his sacrifice for us, gave out of his abundance. He died on a cross and and he shed his blood for us. And paid back, as Isaiah reminds us, double for our sins. I love it when, well, maybe I don't love it, but when people say, I've done so much, God could never forgive me. It's not true. God has more than enough forgiveness for each and every one of us. More than enough forgiveness for, for all that we could possibly do in rebellion. All that we could do to dishonor or disserve him. All that we could do to be so focused on ourselves that we forget about what it means to live for him. The abundance of the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you and for me for the forgiveness of our sins. There is no sin that we could ever do that God cannot forgive. But this season is a season to return to the Lord our God, to examine our hearts and our lives 
and to fall back to his grace and to his mercy and to understand that he does call us to make changes in our lives that we might live even more for him rather than for the world. That we might understand that is out of his joy for us that Christ went to a cross to suffer and die, to give us his all. We've all heard the old cliche that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And yet we find it sometimes so challenging not to be cheerful perhaps, but to rather be joyful. To be joyful in what we do for the Lord. Sharing all that he has given to us in time and talents and treasures. Taking our time to give testimony to him in our lives. And to point people to Jesus. With that ointment, that perfume, Mary marked Jesus. When his disciples were grumbling and complaining, Jesus said, why? This woman has done a beautiful thing. You're always going to have the poor with you. And read between the lines here, and you should be working to care for them. But you will not always have me. Because I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be beaten, stricken, smitten, and afflicted. And I'm going to be crucified dead on a cross. You see, what she's doing is she's anointing me for my burial. A waste? No. Sometimes people will look at what Jesus did as a waste. He died for him or her? What a waste. No. For before the cross of God we all stand young or poor, old or rich, male, female, black, white, doesn't matter. He died for us all. The only waste is when his grace and his mercy are left laying there, unused, rejected. The challenge for us in our lives as we journey to the cross is to, to grab someone else and to invite them to journey with us, to learn what the Lord has done for them, to learn the love of God for every sinner, for every person, to help them to know that God doesn't just pour out the perfume on our heads, 
pours out the waters of baptism, making us his own. And he pours out the blood to open up eternity. Bethany. It's only a few miles from Jerusalem. But Jesus reminds us. He reminds us of life. He reminds us of suffering. He reminds us of death. And he gives us hope. Bethany. The house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.